ければ The button has been pushed Commencing podcast now Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and anything else we feel like talking about because it's our show. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. So, Pedro, it's been a few minutes since we've done one of these here podcast things. How you been? I'm doing okay. I figure our hiatus is over. We're back to doing this. And last time we did this, we were in the middle of a pandemic. Now we're in the middle of a hellscape. Yeah, for those of you not on the East Coast, I guess there was a bit of a, what you call it, smoke condition this week, particularly in New York City. I went to sleep on Earth and I woke up in Mars, J.D. That's what happened. It was very Matt Damon, the Martian out there. Yes. We got countless Blade Runner 2049 jokes. Well, I haven't it, it, seen that movie. Really? Well, you, I know you're such a fan of the original. Have you seen it? Bits and pieces. I I think it was one of those ones where we turned it on and then perhaps, I don't want to say fell asleep, but maybe got distracted in the middle of it. But the stills are enough, though. You just see this orange, smoky stuff going over the horizon. And New York looked like that. And, of course, New Yorkers, because it's in New York, everything has to be, this is only the first time it's ever happened and we have to have a big deal about it. Of course. And everyone took the same photo of the orange haze covering up the Empire State Building and all that. So we had some smoke stuff. So that was going on. But yeah, I'm and, hoping and, the next haze is purple because the soundtrack just works. Yeah. So yeah. Here's hoping for purple. But we feel sorry for Canada. They're being on fire. I did notice that the South Park song playing Canada got a little boost in social I bet postings. you top charts in Spotify. Yeah, that they are a little bit on fire up there in Quebec. Canadians so, so I do are nice. Hope. We got to be nice to the Canadians. Yeah, yeah. No, we cannot harsh on the Canadians. So I hope the fires are put out and the forest can be saved. So the pandemic ended. That happened. Twitter? Oh. Twitter? Should we yeah, talk Twitter. about Twitter? Yeah, I guess, you know, that he had bought it, I think, or was getting ready to buy it the last time we chatted. And then and the, the he is... Mr. Elon Musk of SpaceX and Tesla fame, apparently not so much with managing a social media company. What, their ads are down 59%. Oh, yeah. They're losing money hand over fist. And you know what? I'm not on there anymore. I jumped off. Oh, really? You have quit the twit? I have quit the twit. I am done. I am no longer on there. I quit Facebook a couple years ago. I quit Twitter. So now you guys were sick and tired of hearing me say I quit Facebook now. (laughs) You're going to get tired of me saying I quit Twitter. Oh, wow. So what are you doing all the spare time now? I actually, you know what? I don't miss it. I don't miss being on Twitter and getting all like upset and raging and screamy and annoyed and that tightness in the chest because you feel this impotent rage. I don't miss any of it. So basically I started playing around with Mastodon Mm -hmm. and Post and some of the other ones. And I I asked for the, what was it, Blue Sky? The other one that this guy's trying to do? That's like a Mastodon, uh, this guy being... Jack Dorsey, right? Jack Dorsey, original owner of Twitter. He's doing sort of like a Mastodon thing where it's independent servers and all that nonsense. So are you finding joy on any of these platforms? I don't use them either. Really? I I, honestly, I just, I Instagram, I post every once in a while. I click likes on people's Instagrams and I realize that it is a meta product. But you know what? They're not messing with me. I don't mess with them. Yeah. If meta leaves me alone. I leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is a family I, podcast, so I won't use expletives, yeah, but you, you know what I'm you saying. You won't use your grown-up language here. Instagram has always been just the more visual and the fact that you can't really post links and screeds. It's about putting your photos up. I think it keeps Correct. it uh, 
a, a little bit on the less volatile side. So he's managing it right into the ground, basically. Yeah, the, a lot of people. A lot of people are still there. A lot of people have come back, and apparently the tone of the place had shifted. Perhaps there might be a more volatile white supremacy postings and whatnot. So that that has caused some people to either stay and fight or bail, depending on how I think ornery you're feeling. I'm still on there, but it's kind of lurk. I just kind of eh, what's yeah. going on, and it is. For breaking news and some people who are still posting and doing their sort of thoughtful analyses of breaking events and their 10-part threads, every once in a while one of those is useful. But I think social media is having this big shift anyway. A lot of people are getting burned out on it. There was that whole Surgeon General's report that it was not particularly good for the mental health of teenagers. Yeah. So you've got that happening. And then there's also starting to be these stories popping up of these young, I don't know if they're Generation Alpha or Gen Z, whatever we're calling the two youngest generations of digital users, they're going analog. They're going back to flip phones or voice-only phones, MP3 players. Like they're actually digging Yeah, up. I was just going to say that. Not only that, MP3 players and Polaroid cameras. Yeah, and there's something that's very both retro and there's some gratification about a Polaroid. And it was always its thing, even in the 70s. The MP3 players actually found some tech site, you know, 16 great MP3 players to listen to. And I had forgotten that, you know, of course, you know, Apple hogged all of the, the air in the room with the iPods and then they got rid of them. But all of these other MP3 players that, that sort of take you back to those early aught days when you had this beautiful little chunky jukebox that you could walk around. And I actually dug up an old iPod Nano that I had in a drawer that still worked. It was the... I think the last generation of the Nano they put out that had the FM radio. And I've been mm -hmm. walking to work and playing that. And if I get bored with my music, I switch over to the FM radio and listen to WQXR. And it's very, I feel, not young again, but I feel like I don't have to look at my phone the whole time. I can just zone out and listen to tunes. And apparently the kids, the kids these days are liking the separate devices for their media. I think I'm going to have to dive into my storage bins and my storage lockers and find all my old MP3 players. Yeah. See if the batteries haven't exploded. Yeah. And start using those. Maybe I'll sell them on eBay. You could probably get a lot of money. They were also noticing that point-and-shoot cameras were coming back because the young folks liked the sort of blurry unpredictability. It wasn't this you know, $1,000 phone with computational photography built in. You could actually take a bad picture with a point-and-shoot for some reason. The, the young folks thought this was charming. We're seeing our younger tech lives coming back now. But folding phones, that phenomena, even if you're not using an old flip phone, I guess Google's got a Pixel that folds now and people are still trying to get the foldy hardware. I'm still not quite sold on it just because foldy things tend to break. I don't know. Have you uh, tried a Galaxy Fold or anything? No, no, I'm not going anywhere near that. Unless it's a StarTac. Remember, the StarTacs were the ultimate in cool phone. Do you remember those phones? Oh, I had one, yeah. I think I, I got one, one in like 97, they... yeah. Oh, man. I think the New York Times, when I first started there, assigned me one. They got, yeah. gave me one when they started giving out phones. And I thought I was the coolest dude on the block. Did you have the belt holster? Yeah, of course I did. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, please. I was tricked out with the holster the whole nine yards. For click. And that sound. I love that mm -hmm. sound. Yeah, you just of loosen the hinge a little bit so you could flip it open. Yeah. I always pretended it was a communicator from Star Trek. Yeah. Come on. It was that the inspiration. Was yes, that's happening. Uh, what else happened to see when we were away? Oh, the whole chat GPT and the generative AI stuff has a lot of people nervous. I can see creative individuals, particularly, I think this is one of the points of contention with the Writers Guild strike that's still ongoing is they want to make sure that no artificial intelligence is going to be writing scripts for anything. Have you tried chat GPT? Or oh, yeah, yeah. I actually, I'm a fan. I'm actually a fan. I find it really useful, especially 
for two reasons. Because if I'm scripting something, trying to get a format or bullet points or something, it's very useful. I'm actually using Bard more than Really? Chat That's GPT. the Google one, right? That's the Google one. I can see the damage that it's going to do. And I can see that variations of it are going to take me out of a job eventually. But you know what? Hang on just another decade. Yeah, just another couple of years. I'm not as terrified about the AI revolution as some other folks. And I know people find that weird because robots freak me out. It's like any other technology. Any other technology that comes along, it's a revolutionary thing. And humans have to adapt, basically. Yeah, just adapt and, you know, all, all things in moderation. Yes. I'm not totally dead set against. I think it's, it's definitely got its uses, like, say, writing alt text for photos or something that you don't want to burn the brain cells on. And, and useful for like, writing prompts and stuff. Now, does Bard, uh, do you get all your answers in the Ambic pentameter? <laughs> That's a setting. It's an option. It's yeah, an option. So, yeah, just stay on brand with the whole thing. But, yeah, it's got a lot of noise and a, a lot of people freaking out, but... Also, it's after we got done talking about, oh, Emory's going to work from home in the pandemic, and now there was the big, the great quitting or the great resignation, and mm -hmm. now there's tech layoffs, and everyone's getting kind of nervous because right. big companies are chopping thousands and thousands of people, which we have been in this business long enough to see happen, what, three or four times already, oh, these yeah. big purges. So all of that happening, I think, is making the notion of AI taking jobs a little more nervous-making, too, for some people who work in jobs that might be uh, adaptable to uh, being written by software. I think we made fun of Zuckerberg's metaverse the last time we chatted. Are we still making fun of it? i am got no use for that thing myself, but... Uh, metaverse, come on. That's the one where people don't have legs, right? Or he was trying to build <laughs> legs into the avatars or something. All right, see, I got a cold, and now you're going to make me hack up a lung, so I got to mute my mic. Yeah, he muted. Oh. Feel better. Right, Have a little tea with some honey. There. Yeah, yeah, I actually did just before. Yeah, so well, that, that, I think that's part of the reason Facebook is having some economic issues too. Is they threw all the eggs in the virtual reality basket, and yeah, these got the Oculus headset, and some people are really into it, and it is a different experience, but it doesn't seem to be a, a universal killer app type thing. Of course not. That's why I was surprised when the, the that your favorite fruit themed toy making company came out with their like spectacles oh yes the the 3500 dollars ski goggles with the Are battery pack me? yeah we cannot yeah we, we we cannot not talk about that of i mean i don't not. know if you watch the wdc keynote it's been five years since i've watched one of those things yeah yeah they it, and thankfully now you don't just see you can pick the clip of the whatever they were flogging and just mm. watch that particular portion and I watched the Apple Vision Pro, which is very glamorous. And a lot of people I know in the tech journalism world went and tried them. Again, it's the thing on your face. We're, we're moving into the face computing era. But people say, well, it's they made me queasy and I hurt my nose after a while. And But overall, I guess compared to other headsets, this one was not as bad. And because they've integrated the spatial operating system in there, and, oh, you can watch a movie on a 90-foot screen, all of these things that you can do. It's not even going to be out until next year. So right. a lot of this is just marketing and spec sheets at this point. And hype. But, yeah, and hype. It does look slightly more useful than some of the other VR things just because they're touting that this is an operating system and this is how we can compute. And again, the hand gestures in the moving, we always come back minority report. It mm -hmm. just forecasts so much of the stuff that's actually turning into real things now. Like 2002 Tom Cruise movie, the production design on that was just so prophetic. It's mixed reality, so you get augmented right. reality and virtual reality, which a lot of the other companies will only do one or the other. 
And they showed scenarios in which you could use this, but you're still wearing a face computer and people still, if they come in and talk to you and even if you turn off the VR part and, and look at them, you're still wearing ski goggles in your living room or whatever. If anyone could do it, I would think it would be Apple. Yes. First generation products are always a crapshoot. And I think this may be a building block for something like, yeah, it's super clunky and dorky looking and they have to figure out how this bets fits into people's lives. So that may take a while, but it's a notch up. It's a different type of input and interaction with a computer. So I'm not going to totally write it off. I know we poo-pooed the Apple Watch, and then that kind of became like the wrist appliance that, oh, yeah, you can have it. And it's, it's like a health thing, and you can do all of your vitals and stuff, you're exercising. I'm sorry. I still don't see a use for having an Apple Watch. Still don't. Yeah, yeah. So those, and so these guys, you know, and let's see where they go from here and show me how this will make life any easier it would maybe the price could come down a little bit too because 3500 that that's basically committing to the high-end laptop for that price but we'll see i will say apple is doing what they've always done what they've historically done which is taking existing technology waiting for the right moment to jump in and brand it as their own they did it with mp3 players they did it with cellular phones hopefully they can take augmented reality and mixed reality and all that stuff and make it, making it more than a creep thing like, you know, the glass holes from mm -hmm. Google. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm actually more enthusiastic. I just think it, it's just people are f flipping out. It's okay. It's ski goggles. Yeah. Let's take it easier, folks. Yeah, so, and, we haven't and, even seen it. Yeah, and uh, as we said before on the show, too, you and I are both like holding out for the full holodeck here, Correct. which could be down the road. But this was something that actually looked... If it wasn't so expensive and I had, if there was an application that I could really use the, these goggles for, then yeah, I, I wouldn't be totally opposed. But, You're waiting uh, for the killer app. Noise-canceling headphones make me queasy just because it's messing with your inner ear. And people I know who've tried these things say that they got a little bit of the queasy because the virtual reality stuff messes with your senses anyway, your mm -hmm. eyes and your hearing. It might take some getting used to for that. But, well, heck, uh, I get queasy playing video games. So, yeah. you know, I can't. I literally have straps for my wrists. Or I have to take Tramamine. But why don't we stop here, JD, just for a minute? We'll take a short break and come back. And I'd like to make an appeal to everyone. You know, we're coming back. We're going to come back strong. But we need to ask a favor of you. If you listen to this show, the three of you out there listening, just go out, spread the word, leave reviews wherever you can Spotify, Apple. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, tell them about the show. We really want to grow our audience. JD and I have fun. I think you guys, the listeners, have fun. So I'd really like to rise this like a phoenix from the ashes. Pop Tech Jam, coming back strong. Anyway, we'll be right back. Speaking of holodecks, Picard. We have uh, to talk about Picard. Picard season three, yes. Would you like to start or should I just jump right into the fray? I think you should just jump right in. I didn't like the first two seasons of Picard. It was a little bit of a downer and then very slow on ramps to, to sort of what the season was going to be about. But season three, which they knew was going to be the last season of the Correct. show. 
different story altogether. The thing about the first two seasons of Picard was that I didn't understand why they were making it. What was the point? No compelling reason to bring him out of retirement? Really, there was no compelling reason. But when you get to season three, which was, let's be honest, complete fan service. Totally. From beginning to end. Next Even generation the reunion. The showrunner used to write for one of the Star Trek shows. Complete fan service. But in this third season, it was just exactly what the show should have been. It should have been one season, and this is the season it should have been. You know what I mean? Just bring back the old crew. Forget about that movie Nemesis. This is what it should have been all the way along. Just so much fun. I enjoyed it so much. Not to spoil anything, but they did bring back a lot of the original cast members. Yeah, there's going to be spoilers here, folks. <laughs> so just if you haven't seen it, skip ahead. And if we're still talking about Star Trek, just skip another couple of minutes. But they're going to be mm -hmm. spoilers here. Yeah. To your point, they brought back all the original Enterprise characters, they wrapped up storylines that they hadn't wrapped up from the original mm -hmm. series and from the yeah. movies. 30 years later, we get around to that. Yeah. Lore. I was like, this is great. They found a way to explain Brent Spiner aging and to have him back. So how many times did Data die and get revived now? Three times? Yeah, four? I've lost count. It, it was nice to see LeVar Burton's eyes. I know he's yeah. gone out from behind the banana comb in previous <laughs> installments, but it's nice to see him, even if he's wearing these electric blue contacts. Tuvok. Tuvok, some Voyager yes, folks. Yes, we got some Voyager folks. I was hoping for Chakotay to show up. I heard that actor was like over the show and like didn't want anything to do with it, but uh, he didn't want to do it. Chakotay doesn't want to do it. Yeah, I don't think he was particularly happy when he was on the show. Of course, I could be misremembering because old, but hey, come on, they can cut yeah. him a big fat Paramount check and he'll come back. Yeah, but they found a way to, to fit a lot of the Starfleet Academy and Starfleet lore into the into the storyline. The one thing that drove me crazy is they teased Janeway, Admiral uh -huh. Janeway, like five times, but she never showed up. Which means they might be saving her for something else. Well, I know she's on the cartoon. She's on the animated yeah. series. What is and it, there's a nice statue of her in Bloomington, Indiana, which is apparently where she was born in Star Trek canon. Nice. Now, no, I think they figured nice. out with this third Picard how to keep these reboots going a little bit more. And I know the animated series have been kind of hit or miss. And Strange New Worlds is coming back. That was great. The first season of that was last year. They're rolling into season two with Ethan Peck as Spock and Anson Mount as uh, Captain Pike. That's starting this month. Love so that got, show so uh, much. It was so great. Just pure, episodic, not particularly arky right. stories of the week that we used to know and love from the original Star Trek series. And it yep. much... I think, less baggage than Discovery, which had all kinds of subplots going on and some very deep subjects. Yeah. A cast that was up to it, but it was a different flavor of show. And oh, yeah. And totally Strange New World was definitely much more light and fun. And yeah. so that that's back. It's going to be did, fun. I'm actually yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah. And did you watch any of, did you watch Andor or any of the Star Wars well, spinoffs? Andor watch, was actually very good. I keep hearing that and I'm holding out for it because I watched Obi-Wan and I was completely disappointed. Totally did not like it. That should have been a two-hour movie. So, and or I'm going to have to work up to it. I'm a little Star Wars out. The, there has been a lot of it. I haven't watched Mandalorian. I haven't no. watched. No. I'm like, literally, I hit the pause button. I hit the brakes. All right. So, you're just Star Wars for a while. rebooting your interest in these properties. Yeah, I'm going to ease in with a little Bad Batch because we got through half the season, my son and I. So, we're just going to, like, ease in, get ease back in, see, mm -hmm. see how the water is. and But it just, I got a little Star Wars down. Just yeah. too much. Just yeah, much they more. made a whole bunch of shows. And, uh, yeah, I was 
I think I was more fond of Obi-Wan than you were. Just the, I've always been an Ewan McGregor fan. And, and, but yeah, it was something that felt like this was probably a movie script that someone decided just to do an unedited version and then chop it into six episodes and then make a miniseries out of it. But it came along also in a point in my TV watching schedule where I did not have a bunch of shows I was keeping up with. So it was a nice little filler bit. Oh, I got this to watch now. So what are you watching now? The Diplomat, which Carrie Russell is bringing that Jodie Foster hyper-competent woman realness to this role where she plays a sort of reluctant diplomat to England where she really wants to be in a a war-torn country. But the cast is great and the cinematography is great. The script is quite good. You can see the DNA in it because the showrunner on that had worked on both The West Wing and Homeland. And so you get a little bit of flavor of both of those shows. Does Carrie Russell get to kill anybody in this thing? She has not yet. I'm not all the way through the show. Oh, but, sorry, uh, but, but she but was she's, in the Americans. Yeah, she does not seem to have to speak Russian in gotcha. this one. Gotcha. But, uh, but she's quite good. And all the cast in that one. I love the CIA station chief in the show, too. I think her name's Alian. She just, just had a great deadpan lines. So I'm watching that. And we have The Stranger Worlds, as we mentioned. And then right. The Only Murders in the Building is back in August, I believe. Oh, you know what? Uh, I haven't watched that. Is this season three already? Yeah, season three. And then they got wow. even more stars. I believe Meryl Streep might be dropping in. Get on this one. And, and that's a in. show, too. Yeah, Marilyn, I guess, had some time. But it's one one of those shows that I think you get the most out of it if you live in New York and you live in a big building, particularly perhaps a co-op, which cooperative apartments here are. It's a New York thing anyway. But there's these self-governing housing situations and you get all kinds of personalities in and just probably every weirdo was on the board. And if you live in that or you have even sublet, you see a lot of these inside jokes about how crazy a co-op life can be. But it's very well done and also beautifully filmed. And if you live in New York, you oh, I know that block that they filmed that on. I got to say this. Selena Gomez is an underrated talent. Everyone thinks she's like this pop star kid. She's actually a pretty good actor. Yeah. And, and, and she, I think she's got some writing and directing stuff that she's done oh, as well. Yeah, no, she's very multi-talented, and she she even released a movie about her own mental health because she was not afraid to put that out there. And she's such a great balance, too, because Steve Martin and Martin Short are the other two of the three leads, and it's nice to get a little a, a little female energy there and just a millennial sarcasm because these two old guys are being old dudes. But it's a lovely ensemble show. So the summer TV is coming back. Of course, the writers are on strike, so once we get through the current batches of everyone's episodes, I don't know what's going to happen if we're going to have that dry spell. I think what was in 2008 or whatever the last time they all went on strike and really bad unscripted shows kept popping up and then people just kept going back into reruns to find stuff to watch. Now I think we've got, because of all of the streaming channels, which is one of the points of contention for the writer's strike because they would like a piece of that big streaming pie, but one of the points of contention is all of these channels, all these streaming, nobody's getting the money, but we have all these streaming channels. So if I don't have time to watch all these shows on this particular one, I'll sign up for another one, watch just what I want to in the trial period, then jump to another one or stick around with it. Maybe we are building these a la carte packages that are just as expensive as our cable bills used to be. I warned everybody about this, right? Didn't I warn this? Yeah, that, yeah. That we were all going to have, happen? you know, all of these $10 streaming packages. Yeah. And it's costing us more now. Let me see. Max, not HBO Max. Yeah. Max. Let me just rant on Max for a second. Okay. I mean, I understand Warner Discovery, the merger and all that stuff. But why are they shoving so many reality shows at me on this thing? I don't want reality shows. I hate reality shows. I think they're an insult and destructive. That's what I think about reality shows. I don't care about Kardashians. I don't care about people flipping their houses. I don't care about diners, drive-ins. I don't care about any of that. 
You want real superhero stuff. I want super. I want Batman. I want Superman. I was promised. Wonder Woman. The whole corporate takeover thing. Look what just happened at CNN. They're yeah. not without some bumps in the road. And I know a lot of people were upset when Max became Max or whatever. And a lot of the fun, quirky scripted shows like Our Flag Means Death got really buried down in the programming choices. Like you had to dig through screen after screen of thumbnails to like find these shows. That, are they even going to make a love. second season of that? That's the I thing. think they are. I think Taika Waititi had tweeted that they were, and I don't know when it's coming out, but I think it had been approved for another one. So I hope so, because I thought that show was quite charming too. I but. thought it was fun. So Max is not doing it for you though with the recommendation engine? No, Max might actually get axed. Oh, really? Max might get the axe. Seriously, why am I going to pay for this? Yeah. Yeah, they know that the secession's over or whatever. Yeah, exactly. What, what I, The new Game of Thrones? I haven't watched a minute of it. I'm not going to watch the new Game of Thrones. There is nothing on there that is screaming for me to keep mm. this thing. And then they jacked up the price. Yeah, no, a lot of them I noticed have gone up 2 $3. Are you watching the new Lord of the Ringsy type stuff there on the Amazon? I did. I was kind of meh. It was beautiful to watch. It was lovely. Yeah. So I've yapped about what I'm watching. What are you watching? I watch Picard. I'm not watching much. I'm watching anime, basically. Yeah. One Punch Man. That's what I've been watching. It fills a void. I've been doing some more reading, too. I've been trying to get off screens a little bit. I just read The Postcard, which is a French Holocaust book, which is not the most uplifting thing, but it had some very good messages, especially as a lot of people forget that era and what happened there. I've got a Neil Gaiman book that I'm going to dive into. Was it Unnatural Creatures? Story selected by Neil Gaiman. So I guess it's selected. I guess he's editing this thing. I'm also reading a lot of manga. Any particular series there? Demon Slayer mm -hmm. and Berserk. I'm liking the real violent stuff. Lots of beheadings. Just, and to, demons. Read, just to relax after a long day of editing. Yeah. And then One Punch Man, because I think it's hilarious. And mm -hmm. My Hero Academia, because that's been a family favorite for a couple of years now. And that storyline has taken a dark turn. All right, so, so, so even though we haven't had a chance to podcast a lot, you know, we're still trying to keep up with the pop culture. And we did not do a, a specific tech news segment this show, because we were just easing back in and picking up but threads of conversation. Let's, let's but, be honest. What's the big news on the tech side anyway? It's just going to be Apple. Yeah. Right. It's Apple this and Apple that. Yeah, we did talk about the glasses. What else is there? AI has taken over the world. Who knows? You could be AI yeah. right now. Are you really JD? Last I looked. You could be chat JD. Right? That's true. <laughs> yeah. Chat JD. That's what you are now. So, yeah. So, here we are. And it's also summary. Things will slight ease back in. Twitter may still be around next week. If something happens there, we'll have to discuss it. What's the over and under? How long do you give Twitter before he either sells it or he just closed it up. They've got that new CEO now. He did hire somebody to run it for him. So we'll see how yeah. she does. Yeah. yeah. What are the chances? What are uh, the chances that person is going to have any actual power? I don't know. It's going to be interesting because if you're bleeding that many advertisers and we're heading into another election season, it seems like we just had one. But next year, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess we just sit and we wait and we see. If we need to take a break, then we read some books or we watch some streaming TV. And That's what life's all about. Yeah. Reading books and watching streaming TV. All right. So let's just get some things out of the way here because I think we're coming to the end of our recap episode. Yes. Because we haven't done this in a while. I think people understand. And for the three of you who are listening right now. We love you all. We love you. We really do. I think this is what you and I should do, J.D. 
let's ditch the format. Let's ditch the old format that we had. Let's just talk. We can, right. We'll see what's going on in the news. We read some headlines. And then we just goof around. Yeah. Because honestly, whatever's burning itself into our brain that week is what you and I are going to want to talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. We're constantly texting each other. Yeah. Hey, did you see this? Mm-hmm. Did you see that? So why don't we take our text stream and just make that the podcast? Yeah. See? And we're beating the AI algorithm. Mm-hmm. Boom. Right there. Yeah. Handcrafted. Handcrafted. Two things I want to say. We got a couple of people we want to pour one out for. The first one I want to pour one out for is my old podcasting partner, Mike Robles. He passed away a few months ago. We used to do a show called Robles and Rosado. Funny man. Bronx born. We miss you. I also, a guy who was very instrumental in my life and in forming my life when I was trying to decide whether I should do the audio stuff, the journalism stuff, it is AMR host, co-host, Chris Melly's father, Mr. Melly, Gene Melly. He also took a ride to the big sky, pouring one out for him. Rest in power, as they say. And also your mom. Yeah, no, she she passed on and is hopefully up there beating people at Euchre and rooting for her IU basketball team. And trolling people on, uh, on Yeah, and trolling people on social media. <laughs> on social media. Love it. Love it. Anyway, folks, we're back. And we will try to be more regular. We will try to be more regular. We're going to try to keep a bi-weekly schedule. And then maybe if I can hire someone to actually edit this monstrosity together, we'll try to do it weekly. Yeah, just find someone to tech out all my curse words <laughs> that you're not hearing here because they've been cleaned up. You got to cut out all my coughing and sneezing, apparently, from this episode. Yeah, well, you'll be better. Plus, it's been smoky this week. Yeah, it's been bad. It's been bad. Anyway. Thank you, listeners, for asking where we were, too. It was actually touching while we were dealing with all kinds of things uh, to hear from people who were concerned. So thank you for your concern. We will try to be much more regular and hopefully interesting in our sort of personal recaps of the week as we go forward with this show. And we hope everyone has been well the past year. We look forward to some more interchanges with you on our show page at popdeckjam.com and wherever you may see us online, although he's not so much on the social anymore. So... Find him on Instagram. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Follow, follow me on Instagram. Yeah, so until next time, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Bye, y'all. Bye. Shut up, Wesley.